the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I think it's safe to say that nobody escapes depression. We all suffer it from time to time. But what is the answer to depression? How can we pull out of it? And why? Well, those are questions we hope to answer here today on this edition of Abounding Grace. Join us. Bouts of depression. From the Bible to our current lives, everybody has suffered it. So what is the answer to depression? How can we overcome? Well, these are questions we're answering in our series on depression. Welcome to the program. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Is your life marked by sorrow or joy? We're continuing our series on depression. Here in Luke chapter 5, verses 33 through 39, we find the remedy. Join us for this edition of Abounding Grace. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner. Jesus confronts them with a counter-question, which is a habit of his. And that counter-question puts a blowtorch to everything they believe. And the point of this counter-question is to focus attention on the situation created by Christ's present, God in human flesh with his disciples. The point that he is making is, it is morally impossible to compel his disciples to fast while he, almighty God incarnate, is present with them just like it would be immoral to compel the attendants of the bridegroom to fast mournfully while the bridegroom is still present with them. The central comparison between the wedding festivities and Jesus' disciples lies in this one thing, the joy which Jesus' disciples possessed in the presence of their master. As long as their master was there and they were in his presence, they could not fast There was nothing in them, beloved, that moved them to fast and to be depressed and and, and overcome with sadness and gloom. As long as their master Jesus was there, the bridegroom, and they were in his presence, their hearts were filled with joy and they had to celebrate and, and rejoice because their whole life was summed up by being in the presence of Jesus. An expression of sorrow was totally inappropriate for being in the presence of a holy God in human flesh. When you are in His presence, beloved, you can't help but experience joy if you love Him. Now, we need to understand what joy is. It's difficult, really, to define any of the great affections and expressions of the soul other than to actually try and associate them with something that we know. So, can you reflect on how you feel when you're in the presence of intimate company? Someone you love more dearly than anyone else in the world. 
you know, you fall in love and you get engaged. Now, in that, do you remember what it's like to just sit with that person and simply enjoy their company? Do nothing but be with them and enjoy their company. Your husbands, do you remember how that feels? Husbands and wives, parents, the kids have all gone off to bed or they're all out with their friends. and You're home alone just simply enjoying one another's company with no one else around. Can you think on that? All right, now, multiply that emotion infinitely and you'll know something then of the joy that a disciple feels in the presence of Jesus. The highest joy, the greatest excitement, the greatest thrill, the deepest, most heart-satisfying pleasure of a disciple of Christ is to live and move and be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, humanly speaking, God has an attitude like that toward us. Do you remember what it says in the book of Luke about the lost son that came home? The lost coin that was found? The lost sheep that was brought back into the fold? Well, these parables tell us that there is joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. That God enjoys and delights in personal, deep fellowship and communion with His children, with you and I, beloved. In the book of Hebrews, it says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, why in the world did the Lord Jesus feel joy while He was undergoing the shame and excruciating pain of crucifixion? Because he would see the travail of his soul and be satisfied. Because he knew that those redemptive pains and labors that he had to experience would come to fruition in the eternal salvation of everyone for whom he died. And he wanted to save them from their sins and bring them into fellowship with him because he experienced joy in being in fellowship with those for whom he shed his precious blood. So in this parable, the point is, how can the disciples of Christ do anything other than experience joy unspeakable that is full of glory and live a life rejoicing as long as their master is with them and they are living in his presence? Now, Jesus' disciples at this point of, in time may not have been fully aware of why they were so joyful in Jesus' presence. And that's because Jesus had not completed the work of redemption yet. He had not yet died on the cross and risen from the grave and ascended to God's right hand and poured out His Spirit upon them. And yet even before all this was completed... His disciples not fully understanding why they were experiencing this joy. Nevertheless, experienced overwhelming joy in Jesus' presence. We now, having the whole Bible, 
can be fully aware, more fully aware than those early disciples as to why they felt such joy at being close to Jesus and in his presence. And it is this. Jesus' presence meant that the jubilant kingdom of God had come to earth. And those who entered that kingdom by faith and repentance of sin would spend their lives rejoicing because they knew that by faith they would be in the presence of Emmanuel for an eternity. You see, the very fact that Jesus was there in history was born of a virgin and was living in actual physical life in front of these disciples meant that all of the prophecies about the saving power of God coming to earth to change men's hearts and to create new cultures and new civilizations had taken place, beloved. And that power was already changing men's lives like Levi. And they were becoming members of his kingdom, attaching themselves to him and leaving all behind. So they would rejoice for the rest of their lives, knowing that they would spend their lives, their very eternity, in the presence of Emmanuel. Now what does the word Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. And in the kingdom of God, God is with us in Christ. In the kingdom of God, God is for us in Christ. In the kingdom of God, God is within us in the spirit of Christ. So if these early disciples could feel such immense joy as bridegroom attendants, exuberant at the wedding feast of the bridegroom, How much more now should we be exuberant and joyful in our lives because we not only have Christ with us, we have Christ for us, and we have the Spirit of Christ within us, bringing Christ's presence right into our lives. And if these old fellows 2,000 years ago knew joy, how much more joy should we know and should we experience now, beloved? And yet, you look at the average professed Christian and church member today, and as you look at them, you can't help but feel a sense of sadness. Their faces are long. They are depressed a good deal of the time. And that's why there are so many Christian counselors and pastors spending so much time with depressed and sad and downcast, desperate, despairing people in the doldrums. There are very few people today who are members of Christ's church who know anything about a life of joy under the sovereignty of God. But if you love to be in Christ's presence, you should love to rejoice. Just like the bridegroom attendants rejoice in the presence of the bridegroom, so the disciples of God cannot help but rejoice in the presence of Jesus. And he has told us in Matthew, he is with us always. And in John, we learn that as Christians, we are in vital union with him, beloved. The practical point is this. Those who acknowledge acknowledge Christ as their Lord and Savior will have hearts and minds full of gladness, not sadness. 
When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and you enter into his kingdom, from that moment on, though there will be times when sadness comes, and please keep in mind that we can experience gladness and sadness at the, whole, at the same time in Christ. Nevertheless, there is always in our heart a joy that will keep us from being crushed by the depression and the desperation that crushes so many people in our day. So I ask you one question. Is your life one of joy? Because every day you are consciously living in the presence of Jesus and his kingdom. Every day you understand that you live and you move and you have your being in the presence of the Son of God. You know, for Luke, that was salvation. For Luke, salvation included forgiveness of sins, being saved from the punishment of our sin, being recipients of the promises of God. But right at the heart of Luke's understanding of salvation was being brought into the presence of God and being filled with joy because he knew he was in the presence of God. Now, I wonder how many people have made professions of faith after they were offered a life of joy in the presence of Jesus Christ, rather than when just salvation from hell had been offered to them. If you are a powerful enough preacher or evangelist, and you're good with the English language and emotions and body mannerisms, you can scare someone out of their wits by preaching on hell, And you can get them to come forward and cry and emotionally make a decision to follow Jesus. And there have been a lot of people that have joined churches and been baptized out of a fear of hell and not wanting to burn for eternity. And I wonder how many people would have responded if preachers through the centuries would have said, if you continue as you are, without believing in Christ, you will live alone in darkness For the rest of your life. But if you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because more than anything else. You desire personal communion with him. Then I call you to repent of your sins. To surrender him as your Lord and Savior. And to begin living a life of joy. In his presence. How many people would respond to that? I don't know, beloved, but I think there would have been far less false professions of faith made through the years. And maybe as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ goes back to that thinking and makes the same emphasis that Luke made, we'll see many more who will make true professions of faith and stand firm for Christ. For Luke, that was salvation. You know you are saved If you live a life of joy consciously in the presence of Jesus Christ. And you would rather be in his presence than anywhere else in the world. Is that you? For instance. Is that the motivation you have for coming to church because... You want to be there with everyone else rejoicing in Christ, knowing he is present in your worship. 
You can hardly wait to get to church to rejoice with your brothers and sisters in the presence of Almighty God. Is that you? Is that why you get up in the morning? You get up in the morning because you get to spend a whole day rejoicing in Christ's presence. Are you one of those when the alarm goes off, you wish it, you could just go back to sleep? Because there's nothing of significance to live for except a boring, monotonous, meaningless day after day. Is that the reason you go to bed at night in security? Not worrying whether you're going to die during the night? And why you can sleep so much better than other people can sleep? Because you know at night, while you're sleeping, that you're sleeping in the presence of Jesus and can rejoice? That is what the Christian life is all about. That is what faith is all about and why you can live with such joy and hope, beloved. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with every sort of joy and peace and believing, so that, you may, so that you may have an abundance of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because as a child of God, you live every minute in the presence of God. And because He loves you so much and has sacrificed His Son so that you might be brought out of the slave market of sin and made more than conquerors for He who loves you, Jesus Christ. And remember that no one can snatch you out of His hands. And that is why Jesus said, As long as the bridegroom is present at the wedding party, it is rude, absurd, and immoral to live a life of sorrow, fasting, and depression. Now, beloved, I know you are no fool. I know there is going on around us things that are going on around us that are depressing and sorrowful. Yes, much in our culture is wrong. There is much evil about us. But listen to what 1 Peter 3 through 8 has to say to us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy have begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Because of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have hope even in the midst of our depraved culture and the rapid destruction of our economy and the dismantling of our constitution and the arrogance of our current elected officials and their abuse of power. We still have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for each and every one of us. We will be kept by God's power through faith until the end. Oh, Peter tells us, there will be seasons of heaviness, 
But compared to eternity, they will be but for a moment. We shall be taken through fire to test our faith. But even then, we must rejoice because those trials are shaping us and molding us more and more into the image of Christ and preparing us for our place in heaven as well as our role on earth in building God's glorious kingdom. In Matthew 28, 18-20, we are told that most power is given to Christ. We are told that all power has been given to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are called to teach all nations, baptizing them. Now notice, not just baptizing individuals, but nations in the name of the triune God, who is what? Who is always with us in our presence, helping us to fulfill this very command. Now I ask you, would God ever give us command? A command he does not expect us to fulfill, especially when he promises to be with us, empowering us, beloved. We are in the condition we are in America today because the church has been much less than the warriors that Christ has called us to be. And we have neglected our duty to bring all things into submission to his law word. But beloved... He says he has not forsaken us, nor has he abandoned us. He is always in our presence, even in our failures. Oh, there will be trials because of our neglect and our easy believism. But the church will be victorious, for we are led by the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And because of that great promise, and because of all the blessings that He continues to shower upon us day after day, how can we be longed face and sorrowful and depressed and fasting? We should be the most happy people and joyful people on the face of this earth. Because God has taken away the eternal condemnation we so justly deserve for our rebellion against such a great God. And through Christ, He dwells with us always. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What marks your life, beloved, is it marked by joy, knowing that you are in Christ? Or is it marked by depression and sorrow? If it is marked by depression and sorrow, you must be steadfast, praying that God will increase your faith and enable you to see clearly the love that He showers upon His beloved bride. If joy is not the mark of your life, no matter what's going on around you, no matter the consequences of how you live, knowing the mighty works and sacrifice Almighty God has performed in your life, then you will fail at your witness to the world. And you will fail at your duty in all areas of your life to bring them into submission to Christ as well as our culture and 
you must wonder, beloved, have I truly been brought into the presence of Christ? Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.